Good morning, Eastridge. Uh, so we haven't seen each other in a little while, and uh, I am currently in Edinburgh, Scotland. As a part of my sabbatical, I wanted to come here um, and visit some of the historic churches and kind of get in touch with um, my ancestry a bit. But this message isn't about Scotland just yet. Um, the, this message is about where I was and where I was previously to here, um, was in Ireland. I flew into Dublin and kind of recalibrated my clock there and then uh, took a train north up to Belfast. And I used Belfast as a, uh, kind of a central hub of a, of a wheel to visit, uh, various places. I was most interested in Belfast, and uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I also wanted to see um, a lot of the historic sites related to St. Patrick, and I think that's weird for a Baptist pastor to be fond of St. Patrick or want to visit historic sites. It's, it's weird for me because whenever I go to church, and if it's a church like ours, I tend to want to get ideas and, and work. I can't really shut that part of my head off. But when I go to these historic cathedrals, of which I know that I'll never um, be trying to mimic, I can actually um, go to church. So I really enjoy sitting through those kind of different experiences or different expressions of the church and not feel this responsibility uh, to figure something out while I'm in there, just worship God. That's part of the sabbatical. Um, most of the sabbatical is rest, reflection, restoration, a chance to remember what it is like to be a Christian and not be in leadership, um, to kind of remove myself from that capacity for a little while. I've been in senior church leadership for 20 years. And so the board and, and you graciously said, you know, take a break. So taking a break, which is really cool. And so we'll talk to you about Ireland uh, on, this, on this sermon. Probably going to hear a police car going by. I'm on the old part of Edinburgh in this apartment here. There you go. And very active part of the city, which is where I wanted to be. I'm a mile, not a mile, I'm a block from St. Giles Cathedral, which is where John Knox served as a pastor, kind of a spiritual hero of mine. And we'll get into that in another message I wanted to send to you. So back to Ireland. I wanted to visit there because I have a fascination with this period in the, of history called the Troubles. And it's from basically, it's from 1916, like but really ramped up in 1969, right during our civil rights movement. They had uh, a similar civil rights movement, but not on racial lines, on um, religious and political identity lines. And they, uh, right around 1969, there's a series of, of bombings, of uh, which there's, there'll be a few pictures here of Bombay Street, of um, different people that were wanting to drive the Catholics out and people that wanted to drive the Protestants out. And there are literal, uh, the, the British soldiers had to come over to keep the peace. Well, 
around 4,000 people died, 800 of which were British soldiers um, in that in that conflict over basically 30 years. The Good Friday Agreement was signed in 1998. So for 30 years, you had people at war with each other. Um, initially, it was over Catholics and Protestants fighting. Um, in this little section of Northern Ireland, the, the Protestants held all of the power. They held all of the uh, political power. And even though there were quite a few Catholics in the neighborhood, they could never get elected to anything. They could not get jobs. And so eventually that boiled. And that boiled uh, over and created this conflict. And to this day, the wall is still up. Uh, the wall is about 50 feet high. There are current burn marks on it um, from Molotov cocktails. Uh, in last April, um, there was a car that rammed into the wall. Uh, serious conflict, buses set on fire. And you're like, wow, that sounds like a great place to visit. Um, actually, Belfast is amazing. It's this beautiful uh, city. It's gritty. It's uh, got quite, quite a history to it. The people are wonderful. Belfast sits uh, right on the harbor. It's actually kind of Duluthy, and it, it is a really cool city to visit, and you should. Um, it's safe. I never felt um, in, in any danger. I wouldn't probably travel to those neighborhoods at night, but it was a cool place. Why did I want to go see that part as a part of my sabbatical? Well, it actually is tied to St. Patrick, and St. Patrick... Uh, was a, a British uh, missionary. Um, he was actually kidnapped by Irish raiders when he was a kid, about 16, uh, 16 years old. And he was living over in England. They brought him over to Ireland and made him a slave. And eventually he escaped. Around six years, he was in uh, working as a, as a slave and went back to the church and moved up the ranks. And God called him back to Ireland. And... I'm fascinated by St. Patrick by how many things we get wrong, you know, when we think about, you know, maybe St. Patrick's Day and all that is um, put into that. It's really not a celebration of him. It's a celebration of being Irish. But what's really fascinating about him is what he was willing, willing to risk to get the gospel to people that didn't know it. He was going back to the same people that captured him. And he's the patron saint of Ireland because God blessed his, his efforts and he was able to bring the gospel to people who hadn't heard it yet. Ireland was the, the end of the world. It was filled with Druids and uh, Celtic religions and pagan, uh, you know, pagan everything. And that's St. Patrick went, I need to go back there. I need to tell them about uh, Jesus. He risked a lot. And his sole mission in life was to tell people the story of Christ. And he was willing to put his life on the line to tell the story. Europe is a really interesting place to visit, um, especially if you look at it through the lens of faith. And they tend to be, you know, one generation ahead of us in, in America on the faith trajectory that has held true. Um, we in America are beginning to see the decline of Christian influence in, in our country. It's already happened here. Um, most every church that I have visited 
just the random churches uh, that, that aren't historic that I've walked in, you know, for a service, they're empty. There might be a few faithful few in the crowd, but the church is largely um, irrelevant here. In fact, this is now considered a mission field. So once where Europe was sending missionaries to America, now Americans are coming here uh, to bring the gospel to, to Europe. Now, tying this all together is kind of interesting to me. What usually happens in cultures like this, and eventually what will happen to ours, is we'll take our eye off the ball. And our eye of, of sharing the gospel to a, a city, to a community that largely deems it irrelevant, gets harder and harder and harder. And so we decide, you know what, this is, we're not going to be creative. We're not going to try to try new ways. We're just going to keep doing church this exact same way. And, and the culture moves, moves on. St. Patrick refused that. Uh, his... His, his uh, bishops did not want him to go take the gospel to these heathens, they, they were called. And yet he still did. And he walked uh, from pagan town to pagan town, carrying the message. He made some deals with some landowners. And uh, so there's a city, and it's called Downpatrick now, um, where there's a cathedral. I went to his, uh, his church, and he's buried um, out back. And there should be a couple pictures here of this, of this church. It's beautiful beautiful church, about a half hour, uh, about a 45 minute bus ride south of Belfast. And I just sat there and reflected on how many different shoulders we are standing on as a people of faith from Patrick to, you know, to, uh, John Knox to all of these heroes of the faith that had gone before us. And now the task to take the gospel to the, the uttermost parts of the world and our neighborhood is left to us. How do we do that? And so one of my kind of defining texts, and I usually use my phone for my Bible, so I have it on my Kindle, um, is Jesus's message about the vine and the branches and, and what are we producing because the landscape of faith here in, in England and Scotland and in Ireland is the church has no relevance anymore. And I know there are great churches doing great things here, but you can see that most of the churches are museums. Um, most, most have, many have been turned uh, into restaurants, which is really cool atmosphere, but you know that you're sitting right where the pulpit used to be. And that's weird. And it is a, sad, but it's also a reflection of we are getting the exact results that, that of not advancing the gospel in a different way. And so that's the fruit that we produce. It produced fruit great a couple hundred years ago, but how will we have a sustainable tree for our kids? And that's what excites me is to try to figure out how to get, how to produce a, a, a tree that will continue to produce fruit for, for my children and your children. And Jesus in John 15 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. 
while every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain on the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain on me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Bringing that forward to Belfast. How will people know that we are Christians? It's by our love for one another. And in that city, you had Protestants and Catholics mixed with politics, um, mixed with civil war, effectively, breaking out on the streets. And the church, Big C Church, took his eye off the ball and looked at each other as the problem. If we just got rid of these Catholics, or if we just got rid of these Protestants, when in reality, the fruit that was produced was from a tree of a generation ago, of that these others were the enemy. And that is exactly what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to see each other as a people to conquer, as, a, as an argument to win. And if, as long as we can kind of keep fighting each other, then we don't advance the gospel. In fact, we taught a generation of kids in those neighborhoods uh, in Belfast and probably around the, the world, wherever conflict may be, it wasn't just there, that I hate Catholics or I hate Protestants or uh, they are the enemy. And, and this is what the church produces. When Jesus says, greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for his friends. My command is love each other as I have loved you. So that's what I'm learning. Um, how do we create a church that will bear fruit, not just for this generation, that did not that just makes us happy, makes us comfortable? How do we be, how do we create a church that bears fruit for my kids and their kids? Because if Europe's a generation ahead of us, it's it's gonna get weird. We have to be creative. And that is what I am learning on this sabbatical. So thank you. Um, I'm sure when I get back, I'll give you the, the, the grand tour of what to see in Ireland and what to see in Scotland. Um, I'll be traveling from here. I'm staying in this part of the country for the rest of my time, um, hanging out in this apartment, seeing castles, seeing, um, a church that I've always wanted to worship in. I get to go down there every day if I want. And so far I have, they have a service um, at in an hour and I'll be traveling down there just to kind of take it in. 
But for now, John 15, what kind of fruit are we producing? And will that fruit last into the next generation? So goodbye from Scotland, and I will see you in a little bit.